From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 423. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. That was a very romantic reading of the intro there, was Mike. It? Have you been reading different kinds of novels than, than before? I just felt I like that anything. was like lustrous. I'm just happy because I'm just like super happy to be with you today, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Good. We could all use some happy in our lives, Mike. And this is this is like my happiest, happiest time of the week is is always when I get to talk to you and get to talk about pens and get to, uh, you know, say hi to our, our listeners out there who are listening. Hi, listeners. And um, I, it puts a smile on my face, which uh, we need more of. We need more of Mike. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk to everyone once again at the beginning of the show about our Retro 51 celebration project. Now that we're getting towards the end, you're just going to have to put up with me giving updates probably every episode until I start shipping. Um, and then all the way through till we're done sh- shipping. Um, is, is that okay, Mike? You think the, the, the people are okay with me? I think beating, we have to keep it short. But as long as we keep it short, then it's fine. So I... Got everything in to measure the correct sizing for the tube packaging that I need. I ordered said tube packaging, and it should arrive by Monday next week, which means probably by the end of next week, I'm going to start shipping. So like around the weekend of the 22nd of August, we're going to start shipping these uh shipping these pins out and then that way we can remove this from the first item on the list and everyone will have a uniquely awesome retro 51 pen mm-hmm. um in their hands and i i just can't wait like i'm ready for people to have these pens and um i got uh i'm more than enough replies to the shipping survey we're like 94 percent, which is kind of unheard of that quickly on the kickstarter survey responses i'm usually chasing a lot more people than that so we're just gonna we're gonna go for it everything's here mike uh minus the tubes which only a few days to go so yeah we're gonna start getting these out we'll have an update next week on uh on the the thrilling aspect of me shipping um 800 plus pens out to everyone woohoo that's fast very good i'm very pleased mm. that we're moving it along yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, might have to hire the kids <laughs> for this project to, uh, to help me pack and ship, but, uh, should be fun. I think I'm, I am sweating this less than almost any other shipping and packing experience because it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. So big batches, big shipments and, um, upset postal workers when I bring in bins of tubes for them to sort. We'll it's talk be great. about postal workers in a bit, I think. Mm, um, yeah, well, well, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Let's, uh, we have this <laughs> segment all of a sudden, which we've always done, like through the history of the show, talk about all the new releases, but it seems to be like I'm grouping them up now in the shows. And I like to talk about these things because one, they're interesting to you and I and to at least some of the listenership. And Importantly, in the case of these that I have listed in here, they're personally interesting because they're made by, you know, community members, friends, like really good friends, close friends. They're made by people whose work I believe in and, you know, who I want to see succeed. And the first one, Mike, I want to know what your thoughts are of the Bump in the Night Retro 51 that's being launched by Inky Cat and Hey Matthew. So Catherine Palmasano and Matthew Morse, our good friends, they collaborated on a new Retro 51. And I would like to get your first impressions of seeing this pen. Oh, it's fantastic. Right? I think what I like the most about this, it's... it's um... It's kind of like a spooky edition, but like in a cute, fun kind of spooky way. It's a purple pen. Mm-hmm. There are some zombies on it and some really colorful ghosts. Uh, what I like about this pen the most is I feel like I've never seen one like this. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I feel like this is this feels like a very, very unique Retro 51 edition where I think some pens, especially Alwyn, try to take the Retro 51 uh and use it and like basically design a pen that highlights the retro 51 in some way you know you can mm-hmm. say this about many of the editions like the ones that look like um sports balls of some description uh, <laughs> the ones that look like planes and boats and submarines and all that kind of stuff like i feel like with those you are taking the the a design and fitting it to the retro 51 
like kind of shape and aesthetic and and that's kind of what you go for but what i like about the bump in the night that uh matthew and cat have put together is it really just feels like the retro 51 is a platform for the artwork that they are looking to display which is like a slight dis- it's like a slight difference it's a slight distinction but it, to me it's an important one and i think that they've done a really good job of doing that i, I don't think that there are too many pens that are like that like i would maybe say that you're uh, the the pastel shiba mm-hmm. that you did um uh, for for pen addict uh, that mm-hmm. that was like a similar uh, idea I think for me mm-hmm. where it's like great artwork and you've you've kind of just placed it on the retro 51 as part one I think this is a really good example of that because the art's really great yeah I agree with everything that you said across the board and this is what we're going to miss when retro 51 well so this is allegedly shutters <laughs> so like I, I, <laughs> I said to Adina I was like oh did you see that pen like talking about this one and she was like yeah aren't they supposed to have closed down by now? And I, and to what I said, yeah, but I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, in theory, they're supposed to have closed down by now, but I don't Yeah, I don't it's supposed know to be September. I'll follow up on that soon. It's like, it's one of those questions I don't want to ask because I don't want to know the answer, right? Mm. So I'm just holding off. But I'll, I'll ask one of these days. But, but back to this pin, I think you're right. And this is why we talk about these pins so much because we can get these really unique artist editions like the Joey Feldman ones and the, the Bioworks ones, you know, which are some of my favorite. And, you know, obviously working with Matthew on the Pink Robots, you know, that's a very unique art that I don't know if it could work on a pin. And then we worked with Retro 51 to make it work and it came out mm. glorious, which, you know, something like this is really fun and unique. It's great colors. It's great design. Um, it, It's just super cool. So if you will have a link in the show notes to Matthew's um, Instagram post and they're going to be for sale through HeyMatthew.com on August 21st, noon Eastern time. I think they're limited to 300. And one thing you kind of alluded to, Mike, earlier, they're limiting shipping to the U.S. And I wanted to discuss this. Did you want to go first? Because I I made a point to put this in the show notes. It's disappointing for people that want it. But I think it was for everything that seems to be occurring right now with postal shipping. I think it was the best choice for them. Uh, You know, like I remember my Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. It arrived in the UK, like a couple oh, you of still days don't ago. have it. No, but but point was there was a six week period where nobody knew where that pen was. Right, right, because there are issues with there are lots of issues with the USPS right now, mm-hmm. and there are delays for getting things on planes, uh, and there are delays at every other postal service uh, around the globe. So. You know, like our post is messed up, your post is really messed up, and then trying mm-hmm. to get them in between is a nightmare. And if you are uh, a small maker, even someone like yourself, Brad, mm-hmm. having to deal with that, you basically have so little uh, say in the whole thing that it might not be worth the potential hassle, especially if the pens do go missing. Right. And I wanted to make sure to point this out to say, to tell them that I support this decision and that people need to be wary about like giving grief for that because like it's this is not the decision they wanted to make no, right it this is your market right and this is not a decision i would want to make ever like if i have to make that decision but it's a decision we have to make because of the circumstances that we're in number one the as you mentioned the postal service is is really in bad shape in the u.s right now number two there's only 300 of these pens and to have a percentage of them go out into the ether that you don't know what's necessarily going to happen to them makes just a bad customer experience. And so you're trying to like limit these bad customer experiences and the additional cost and, and all of these things that are wrapped up in shipping international right now. Like uh, hopefully this will change at some point in the future, but like the decision they made for this project, I just wanted to go on record saying, I know that's not an easy decision for them to have made, but I think it's the right one. And, and I think just, you know, if you're international and you want this pen, you know, you just have to say, you know, I, it sucks, but I, I understand the decision that they had to make and uh, I support that. So I, I just wanted to let them know that they didn't ask me to say anything about this. Or I just feel that as someone who ships all over the world all the time, like it's 
never a worse time to ship internationally than today. So I think it's the right decision, and I wanted to support that. Yeah, it's a real, sh- it's a real shame, as I said. But I agree with you. Like I saw it, and I was like, "It's like, oh, that's a bummer," but mm. I get it. But then again, like you know, hopefully, maybe some people can find some friends. Like if, like they're really desperate for this one and really want it, maybe you can find find a way someone that can can buy it for you. But um, yeah, I mm-hmm. I just think it's a great pen. It's an awesome project um, by good friends, and I think it's going to do exceptionally well. Like I think this is certainly to sell out pretty quickly. It should I would sell think. out. It should sell out for sure. Yep. Um, the next project I wanted to bring up is the latest from the Woodshed Pen com- Company. You know our good friend Mike, mm-hmm. who we get to see at pen shows all over the country um, from time to time, and he's got a new Kickstarter up for his Shimmer uh, collection. So he's got this cool shimmer, translucent, shimmery materials. Uh, fountain pens um, from Woodshed Pen Co. And I backed it. And I sent Mike an email. I said, whoops, I was logged into my wrong account when I backed this project. So I was actually going through our Retro 51 campaign, which is run under the Knock account, and mm-hmm. backed his project. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. So I sent him an email saying, hey, I'm canceling this pledge, and I'm going to go make it on the Pen Attic pledge. And so I did that. I got a push notification when you made that, when you backed that, by the way. Did you know? Really? That? Yeah. It said Notco just backed this. That's funny. Yep. Well, Notco unbacked it mm-hmm. <laughs> and Pen Addict <laughs> went and backed it. So did you get a push co say, whoops, Notco just deleted this? <laughs> <laughs> and there are more people in the in the Discord chat saying that they saw it too. That's hilarious. I, wonder, I think when I, you back a, back a, like a, a a project, you get those kinds of notifications, like that that maker is backing something. Yeah, I don't know but exactly why Kickstarter do that, but they do. Yeah, I wonder why you don't get it on my normal ones because well, I because I have not I, backed something that you've made, have I? I've only backed things yeah. that Notco's made. True, I see it. Right. I see that. That's hilarious. Okay, I didn't realize that. Obviously, I don't see those messages. But I think it's something that people should be aware of, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. So you're saying like I should I should back all my Iron Circus stuff on like the Pen Addict account, not the Knock account, probably. Exactly. So yeah, big big fan of Iron Spike. So yeah, there you go. Y'all can go look that up on your own on Kickstarter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No alerts from me. Anyway, this got me thinking about Woodshed and Mike for two things. Number one, do you remember when I backed his first Kickstarter? Do you, does this conversation ring a bell at all? I would say probably not. I don't think so. Because at the time, like Mike hadn't really done anything. Um, It was like his first attempt at doing a Kickstarter. I think someone sent me a link, said, Hey, what do you think of these fountain pens? And I found them. I was like, you know, this is a pretty interesting material. It was this cracked ice. Um, pen which i still have of his like a right. cracked ice. I think mine's I have like a, a rose this now and at the time i i don't remember how many years ago it is i could probably look it up on woodshed's page but it was several years ago and there were 26 backers of that project that made that campaign come to life you know it was very small very unique item very I do risky remember this. i remember this very well now looking at the page because i remember at the yep. time being like well, I, rem- I think i remember the conversation we we're having like these look really nice look really interesting but it's a new maker we don't know them like let's see how this turns out uh, mm-hmm. i have one of the blue nebula ones i was able to get mm-hmm. like I, I was actually gifted that from like a pen show uh, mm-hmm. and i absolutely love it like it, the, the right. material is fantastic and it's made really well but yeah i think i remember this for that reason of like we just weren't sure because we didn't come across this person before really. Right. So, but you know, I've done it enough to where, you know, you can kind of see the pros and cons of the risk you're going to take to back someone unknown. And I felt with what Mike was offering at the time, I was like, yeah, I'm willing to, to, you know, back it for, it was a low, low hundred dollars. You know, it was, it wasn't that expensive and, and see what we get here. Maybe this is something. And it it was 26 backers. And now he's got 249 backers on this. He's made a goal of $33,000. And the reason why I'm happy to support this is not just for the pen, but I'm supporting a guy that's using this campaign to buy new machinery to, to make more pens, right? 
there's nothing more beautiful about Kickstarter this than supporting that. This is so reminiscent that. of Knock. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, 100%. Like, this is what you guys did. Like, you wanted to make the pen cases, but didn't have all the machines that you needed. So you did the yep. Kickstarter campaign to buy the machines. This is what Kickstarter is and should and should always be. Yeah. Right? Like, that right. It, it's you can't make the product unless you're successful in the campaign. Right. Like, that's the whole point of it. Unfortunately, it has become a marketing machine for a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. And hey, they, let's, uh, we do, we use it too. So. You know, it's just become that platform. Yeah, but the th- but the thing is for us though, like maybe not so much now, but like for, at least for like say like the retro fifty one, we weren't going to mm-hmm. buy those and then sell them because right. we just wouldn't do that. Like right. we make the money to buy the equipment or to buy the product to sell it. Right, right? like that's what we do. So. Yeah, so like this. I don't know. This campaign gave me all the feels. Mike actually had sent me an email or sent me an Instagram message that I didn't see before I backed all this. And he had sent me this long email about how he was thankful that I supported his first project and he was sending me a pen. And this was all he had sent this without me knowing before I'd even backed it. And so after I backed the campaign, he's like, hey, you should probably check your messages. (laughs) (laughs) and just got a laugh out of it. (laughs) But um, that just goes to show you like how important Kickstarter can be to a lot of people. And like, I'm just proud to call Mike a friend. I'm proud to see what he's built. I'm proud to see him trying to grow his business even more by buying the CNC machine, which he's now going to be able to do because this campaign has been successful and now he's got the money to do that oh by the way i'm gonna get a cool pin out of it too right so these pens are very uh like they're reminiscent of some like franklin christoph to me like i think that's maybe yeah what i love the most about woodshed pens is the shape he makes one shape and the shape just happens to perfectly fit my hand and what i like in a pen like it's very simple it's very straightforward um that's also why the price you know gets to be reasonable like this pen's 135 dollars. that's more than reasonable for what this pen is and it's it's just right on so i i just wanted to to shout out mike and to tell him that i'm proud of him and i love seeing this and um you know can't wait to see what the future holds like that's what this is about right this is exactly what you said like you know, this is how a lot of companies get their get their launch by this. Yep. You know, that's how Knock that's got started. Kickstart, kicks shocker, right? Yeah, shocker that's that where that's, the name comes from. Shocker, we're using the platform for what it was made for. So, yep. good, good on Mike. So, uh, stay tuned for our our next marketing um, push on Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that, like, I think that we do use it not exactly the way they should be used anymore. Like the thing that I'm asking for, I am now realizing as we're talking that like, you know, we are kind of taking advantage of a crowdfunded model. You know, know, we are more, I mean, we could really do it in any way. Now we don't have to use like Kickstarter for that. We could do it in Mm -hmm. different ways. We use Kickstarter because it's like the industry accepted thing. Uh, But I think what the thing that I have more of an issue with is like, this is something I'm seeing more and more like big companies, like technology Mm -hmm. companies and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. using it as a way to gauge interest in a product rather that they could still make anyway, but they just want to build some marketing and also not make too Mm -hmm. many of them. And I think that that is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be why a lot of companies use Indiegogo, but anyway. (laughs) So let me say this about like what we do the, I think the difference in what we do now with the Panatic campaigns is we don't do them for profit, right? That's We're not true. doing those campaigns to make money. We're doing those campaigns to do stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, share. Like, and people are, I mean, believe me, people are giving us money to travel, right, is what yep. it boils down to. Yep. And But we essentially run that as you know, like a no profit type of thing, right? We we spend all the money we take in yeah, to It all goes back the into things. the campaign in some way. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's one way to do it. But anyway, I, I just thought this was cool to see see Mike doing this. And I'm glad to see that it funded so quickly and um, still going. Still a lot of time yeah. to get back in there. Awesome. Great looking pins. So what color pen do you think I'm getting before we move to the next topic? I mean, yeah, I don't have to decide a... yet. Oh, you I haven't decided. decided. You haven't no, decided. No, I, I have I have mentally decided when I backed right. it. I said, oh, I'm going to choose this one. But I could change that. But I, I'm pretty sure I know which one I'm getting. I, I bet it's, it's like 
it's not going to be orange, right? Like, I feel like that's Correct. the trick. Correct. Uh, you're either going to get, I think, either pink or purple. Yeah, it's purple. I, yeah, I just go. think the purple's killer. And can have too many orange pens, right? Yes, can have too many orange pens. So, yeah, uh, purple's killer. So I will be backing that, barring uh, anything anything different popping up through there. He also has some, he did add a couple of the, for people who don't necessarily like the rainbow of colors, there is a, there's a, uh, some really nice looking white model and black model in there. So, so don't think it's just the, the rainbow of fun up there. You can get, uh, some pretty cool looking, uh, white based and black based pens as well. This episode is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. Everything that your pen addict heart may desire. Whether you're looking for new new models from your favorite companies like Pelican or Sailor, Caveco, or more, or whether you're looking for ink or converters, you know, you want some accessories for your pen life. They've got it all. They're always running great discounts and adding new styles of product every month. You can always find great deals and new stuff at Pen Chalet. They have fast and reliable customer service. This is a thing that I have personally experienced over the last <laughs> couple of weeks because right, the Wicked Witch of the West that I mentioned, I ordered from Pen Chalet and I was emailing them. They're getting back to me super quick and they were like, okay, like it's not lost. We can see it's in the system. Like, and So they actually were able to give me the peace of mind because I was like, that pen's gone forever. Like I just written that off in my brain, like I'm never seeing it again. But their customer service was really great, and they were super responsive, which I really, really appreciated. And they do great shipping, so they they ship everywhere. They and they do great shipping rates for that. But if you're in the U.S. and you you and you order over fifty dollars worth of stuff, which is very easy to do, uh, they <laughs> give you free shipping on that. And they potentially also believe in low prices and high quality products, and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. But because you listen to this show, you can get loads of great discounts. Just go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password PENADDICT, and you will get your hands on this week's special offer. And you'll also get the code you need to save 10% on anything at penchalet at any time brad what are we looking at this time so a couple of things number one when you land on the main pen chalet homepage, you're greeted with the twisby eco and cement did you did we talk about this pen no but i saw it today i got an email okay. today from someone telling me about this one so i just want everyone to know where i stand on this pen and i think it's one of the best ones that they've ever made so We'll just leave it at that. It's uh, something about gray acrylics really do it for me. It's nice. And uh, and cement is is a very hard word to say out mm-hmm. loud. So, yeah. So that's uh, pretty cool. You can just get 10% off, off that. But then you go to the deals page, right? You can click on the radio podcast button. And then, Mike, are you looking at this page? Because I have a question for you. Yeah, I'm looking at it. So item one, two, three on the page. Am I allowed to say this? Um. I haven't that's, been told that's how that good we the deals are. Uh, so Ron usually tells me when we can't talk about something, but this is such a I good do not deal feel comfortable on such a peculiar item <laughs> that for two, for, like I have two reasons here. One, I'm not sure we can mention this, right? Like, and yes. I definitely know I'm definitely sure we cannot mention the price. And two, <laughs> I also want people to go and look at the thing we're talking about here yeah and i think it's not much better when we say uh <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about this because it draws the people out so you should go and look yeah. at it i can't work out how so what i'll say is about this pen uh both me and you have had very differing views on it for very good reason but at that price yeah yeah so anyway like this is this is not a bit this is something i don't look at before we start talking about this ad and i know enough about this product that i should probably not say anything more than that and get you over there so uh, aside from that that these cool penider uh a5 memo notebooks i have not tried but they're a pretty cool price and then i scrolled down and this visconti caught my eye let me pull it back up again where to go uh visconti rembrandts for a price that's like super crazy it even has it's so it's such a good price it gets its own banner it has a red special offer banner it's not even a percentage off it's just like it's so discounted that it just gets a banner that says special offer it's like an outrageously good price so yeah y'all go check these out really good stuff uh as always from ron and pin there's also like 
free product deals and stuff like that in there too. Yeah, yeah there's loads of wonderful stuff in there. And yep. I don't know, I don't know how they do it, but I mm-hmm. love that they do for our listeners. <laughs> Pantulay.com <laughs> podcast link at the top of the website and use the pen addict password to get your hands on these special deals. Our thanks to Penchalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I got a text from a friend about, I don't know, a week ago, five days ago, whatever, said, oh man, look at these new Parker 51s are Parker 51s coming back. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, they sound someone selling their vintage stock because there's no yeah. pen shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I clicked the link and I was like, well, I'll be danged. It's it's a really a new Parker 51. And it is very interesting. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this pen without really saying very much, Is which is it's kind of one of my strong suits, Mike. It's like I talk a lot without saying saying much. But this is an interesting decision by Parker. Number one, it's great to lean into your product's history, right? I will never argue that, you know, as long as it's, as long as it's, you know, done representative to, to the vintage pins that you used to make. And the Parker 51 is maybe the single most famous vintage pin or single most maybe famous fountain pen ever made. And Parker obviously still, you know, is, is around and, sort of making pens and paying homage to their their past designs so they've done that with the parker 51 it looks good it's got the traditional hooded nib and the metal cap and the arrow coming soon is that the deal with this october October. october's yeah so this is coming soon but they're starting to pop up on pen sites yeah um so that way you can see what's offered and what the price is and the 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 issue I'm having, which I think is what most people will have, is the Parker 51. It's like a hundred bucks, hundred and four dollars, and it's a cartridge converter pen. So the traditional Parker 51s are use their special like vac filling system on the on the inside. Like oh it was, like, come a button, on, Parker, button you mess this one up big time. The problem is this pen has been knocked off so many times over the past decades that. It's kind of lowered the respect level for what they've done here. They basically made one of those type of knockoff pins. Unfortunately, to say like I, I say this begrudgingly. Like I say this, like I, I don't want to say these things about this pin because I want it to do well. But for the price point, which I, they've taken it down on this link that I had, but I think it was like one oh four or something like that, one oh nine, and. It's just not special for that price other than to the most hardcore of Parker fans who want some type of representation of the 51 again. And I just feel a little bit sad that like, I I kind of want one of these just to try. I don't really want to pay for it (laughs) because I just, I think it would just be not special enough. And then they have a, a second model so this is a steel hooded nib model, cartridge converter fill. They've also made a gold nib, 18K gold nib model. I think it was like 249 for it, something like that. Um, same cartridge converter filler, but just with a, the gold hooded nib. Mm. That actually seems, I don't want to say it's more reasonably, reasonably priced, but you're at least getting the gold nib from it, which is, you know, worth the $100 or whatever more. But I just... I'm a little sad. Like I want it to be more. Like I want Parker to feel special. And like this I think this pen'll do well. Like I'm not knocking it that way. I think it'll do well and I think it's gonna have its fans and I think the people who will get it will probably enjoy the writing experience. But the the recent history of Parker has proven that they can make a good pen and charge a lot of money for it. And I don't know if they're actually selling these things, right? Like I've been very happy with some of the modern Parkers that I've tried, but when you compare them to other products in their price range, like they don't even rank, like it's not close. So I guess that's what I'm a little bit disappointed in. I, I, don't, I don't know how to feel on, on this. And no, I, I, I don't know it. if they you have anything different. Time. Like this is, this is like three strikes and you're out. Like one, they didn't do anything to it, mm-hmm. right? Like I would like them to Estabrook it. Give right. me a modern pen called the Parker 51 that harks back to the Parker 51 mm-hmm. but isn't just a recreation of it. 
right? Yeah. And then also, don't take away one of the two best features <laughs> of the pen, right? Like, make it super boring and sell it yeah. to me for a high price. Like, I may as well buy one of the 70 billion vintage ones. 100%. Because then I actually so, get a vintage one, right? Which is better. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, honestly, probably it's better quality. Like, maybe. I would recommend a vintage one, yeah. Like because a restored vintage one for the same price. Around, <laughs> right? All this time, <laughs> like, because really, as well, like, just, just manufacturing has changed, and these days, like, things are made. I think maybe to be a little bit more disposable than they used to be, and I would suggest that one of the reasons that every pen show in the world has a billion Parker Fifty Ones is they stand the test of time. Right. Like, these things seem to not die, so. I would recommend trying to find a good one. I mean, it's difficult, I know now, because like with vintage pens, it really is worth being able to buy from someone you know or trust or see it yourself. But mm-hmm. I just don't know why why people would want to buy this modern interpretation of a Parker 51. Like This just doesn't make any sense to me as a product. Because it's not like... Okay, so let's try. I'm trying to think of a, of something to compare this to. Maybe the vacuumatic, mm-hmm. right? Because the like traditional they're vac- hard, yeah. yeah, they're like they're harder to find, right? Or like you know, like the one that I got you. What's it called? The Golden Web. The Golden Web. Now that one's harder to find. The regular vacs are probably second in volume to right. the fifty ones. They're yeah, still pretty try- easy. But well, I was trying to think of something like a vintage pen that people mm-hmm. love but is difficult to find. Right? If you want right. to remake that one, I get it. Yes, I see what you're saying. Right. But if you're so, remaking the one that is absolutely floods every vintage table, what's the reason to buy it? Right. I agree. I, I think the best way I can put it is it's an opportunity missed. Yes. Um, but I think the problem, the thing that makes that even worse is it's an opportunity they didn't need to take. <laughs> I don't think anyone was asking for it. They took right. the opportunity and bungled it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just, I think this is a, I don't get, I don't get this. I, like mm-hmm. I, this one it really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. This is not the one I thought you would have even stronger opinions than I did on. Like I'm, I'm proud of you, Mike. Good job. I think I just don't get the whole thing around the Pocket 51 anyway, so I don't think it helps. Yeah, and I'm coming from a place where I really want, like, Parker to be a thing, and I just guess it's not going to happen. So, like, this this doesn't move any needle for me on on what Parker's trying to do here, like, on, on their story. So, anyway, I will probably end up getting one just to test, but, like... I'm I'm not amped up about it. Let's talk about the spoke roadie. <laughs> I did a thing, Mike. Yeah, tell me about this. So we've been talking about this a while, and we've had this in the works for quite a while at Spoke Design, um, home of home of the spoke uh, mechanical pencils that, and the spoke pen um, we make, and the spoke pen that we did a Kickstarter on to launch that product, and we always wanted to add in a pocket style pen because our regular spoke pen is not postable, right? It's a big long pen; you can't put the cap on the back. And you know what could we come up with in the same style, same aesthetic, but uh, make it a pocket pen? And so we, Brian's been. Um, working on this design for quite a while. We, you know, we get through all the prototype phases and the production phases until we get something that we're, we're, we're ready to launch out into the world. And that's what the spoke roadie is. So it's a pocket sized pen that takes the Parker style refill, the, you know, the standard Parker or international G2 also as it's known size refill, which we've chosen the Uniball Jetstream SXR 007 for that. Which is, which the, is, is that the same refill that is in the spoke pen? No. No? No, okay. these refills are not compatible. These pens are not compatible okay. refill wise. So this is this is like the Fisher space pen size refill. I'm understanding you're now. Used to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the spoke pen was created because the refill that you have inside of it, which is the Signo DX, there weren't a lot of pens that fit it, right? Like that was Correct. the whole point around creating the spoke pen. And with the spoke roadie, this is fitting uh, what most <laughs> Kickstarter pens uh, put in it, right? Which is one of the Parker style refills. Yeah, which is normally the Fisher Space Pen. Yep. 
or just the straight up Parker or the Schmidt Easy Flow 9000. All great refills, but so since here's Jet- what I'll ask him: Will this mm-hmm. fit the Schmidt Mini? I don't know. I don't have one to test. Because this so, is what the, what the 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 Studio Neat Boys are using, right? And it's the same size yeah. as the. As oh, the... I wonder if if my Studio Neat has that refill. Well, if you I'll had test the Mark it. II, it's got yeah, the I Schmidt Mini. I'll in test it. it. So test it. I'll tell me because I would I'll love test to know it that. Out. Because I would say probably not because the Jetstream I've found in trying to test other refills, it kind of has a specific front end on this pen. Right, okay. So it's going to fit other just like straight up G2s, but I was asked if it would pit, fit the um, the Schmidt P8126, which like you can put a Parker style refill into a Retro 51, okay? But you can't put the Schmidt P8126 refill necessarily into a Parker style refill pin like the roadie. Right. So that does not fit. So yeah. there's a, it's going to be specific on what refills will fit. And I will test that out because we also, we just got, we have to make the tolerances right on the front end. So we committed to this refill because I think it's the best G2 Parker style. It makes refill. a lot of sense that you, 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 you build around something and if other things work, that's fine. But you're not, yeah. you know, you're not guaranteeing that. Like I get right. that. Right, and it's a new ref- new newish refill, and I love the Jetstream as it is. So I think it was a great refill choice, and I I was very adamant that we that we use that refill, um, as Brian will attest to. So anyway, what we did is we you know, we like to have you know all the fun wild colors. So since the spoke pen launch, we've able been able to experiment with anodizing some clips and grip sections. And, you know, we're able to do some fun things just to make these look a little bit different and unique. And they're all, it's a magnet capped, right? Just like if you're a fan of the spoke pen, it's the same magnet type of cap. But then the cap itself posts on the back of the pen via magnets as well. So you'll see a little, um, if you're looking at the pictures, you'll see another like stainless steel end of the pen that you know, snaps on. It's like a magnet and it's Very just nice. a really cool, cool experience. You know, it looks I, like the cap is the same cap as on the spoke pen. Is that right? The cap and the grip section size. So the nose cone's a little bit different shape on the interior, but the cap and the grip are essentially the same. Right. Yes. So I guess at least with the cap and the clip and the clip, they're like you could interchange them, couldn't you? Yes. If you wanted so to. The, so the colorways. So yeah. So the only thing that would be harder to interchange is the grip section mm. um, because not all tips are going to fit through. The tip is different on both, even though the grip is technically the same. So right. there's a lot of parts to these pins. So, like I said, like the spoke pin, it's 10 separate parts when we put together a pin. So some of it matches, some of it doesn't. So yeah, I think that these are great. Like I really like them. I like that there's... Um, I like that they're all wild in their own way. Like, yep, you've got bananas colors in all of them, which I think is fantastic. Like every single yep. colorway is wild, but then mm-hmm. you've got like the streamliner, which mm-hmm. on the face of it looks just like it's all silver, but it's three mm-hmm. different metals. Yep, um, and Number- they have different finishes. Looks like a jet stream, uh, yep. which is I'm sure where the name comes from. So yeah, I I really love these. I think they look they look fantastic. They like they really really good. You guys have done a great job. Thank you. Thank you. A couple uh, of notes on the streamliner. Number one, I have to thank the Twitch chat for coming up with that name because they felt the pen did look like an Airstream that you pull behind a, uh, yeah, a car. I knew that's what, I knew that's what you meant. caravan yep. thing. Yep. And I said, well, we can't call it Airstream. What else could we call it? And they came up with that. So props to them. We love that name. Number two, that is the number three seller out of all the pens so people do like the basic colors and we will have we've gotten very we've gotten a few emails and comments like hey can we get something like more just like straightforward and basic and yes absolutely we're gonna do those but we wanted to do this first because because that's what i wanted and that's what i like there's (laughs) there's so many basic colors in the world like just get a bit of like you know like basic things like just get a bit of color out there first like yeah if you want, if you want boring looking pens, like guarantee that there's a million for you already, you know. But yeah, I, one, I, I like, I like that. Uh, yeah, I really. I'm not surprised that the streamline is doing so well because, like, mm-hmm. I would even consider that one myself, even though I like color, just because it mm-hmm. looks really freaking cool. Yeah. So yeah, you guys are doing a good job here. Thanks. I'm very happy with the response. I'm 
mostly anxious now to get them into people's hands and get like that real feedback. Like, yeah, I'm really interested to see how it feels to use it uncapped. Yeah. Because that, w- that would be my preference. It's a different little guy, and mm-hmm. I, I think we nailed it, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty clearly biased. But I, I, I'm very happy with how these turned out. But I want to get them in more people's hands because no one's tested these except me and Brian. Like, a lot of times I'll send out a lot of pens, but we were just, we had, like, manufacturing, man. You know, it took us months just to get clips. We had, like, parts sitting there for months. These should have launched, like, a month and a half ago, but we couldn't get clips. But, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yay, Roadie launch finally. Yeah, people should go check it out. Go to spokedesign.com and you'll find it right there. It looks fantastic. We'll have links in the show notes too. Should we do some Ask TPA questions? Yeah. So, I want to hit this this topic style question. Ah, it's a big beefy one first. Huh? Big beefy topic one, which I think is, you know, it's pretty much Ask TPA. It was posed as Ask TPA. There's really no difference between these topics, but some I just like to elaborate a little more. Um, sure. Why don't you do me a favor and read this one for me? Of and course. then uh, then I'll, I'll see what I can say. But because I think you have similar thoughts to me on this, but we'll, we'll see what we got here. This comes from. At Embryo, uh, I have accumulated a number of both low and high value pens over the past few years, and I've hit a point where I know which of my pens I'm never going to pick up again and which ones I absolutely love. I worry about selling my higher priced pens because I will lose money on them, and I feel like selling my lower priced pens won't be worth the time or effort to list and ship them. I have resigned myself to give away my cheaper pens as gifts, but would love to know some ideas on the best ways for ridding myself of my more expensive pens. This one feels pretty cotton dry to me, um, so I'm interested to what you're going to say. So the end result is very cut and dry, but there's lots of little subtleties throughout the whole thing that I feel are worthwhile pointing out. Number one... I worry about selling my higher price pens because I will lose money on them. Um, fountain pens are not an investment, right? So this is not an investment piece. You should never go in saying that I should be, if I don't like this pen, I should be able to get out to it for, for what I get out of it for what I paid um, for it. You know, in some cases, you know, you can, in most cases you are going to take a little bit of a loss and you just have to be resigned to that fact. Right. Yeah. And like, if you, don't want to use a pen so you're thinking of selling it like because you don't use it and you're worried you're going to lose money on it well if you're not using it you're losing more money on it because you've not sold it so you've not made any money on it and you're not using it so you're not getting any enjoyment out of it so any money you make as a profit at that point compared to it sitting in a drawer forever 100 percent. so that's the key to think about right if you're not using that pen that you paid 300 dollars for and you could get 225 dollars for it tomorrow well then you're 225 dollars better off instead of zero so um the lower price pens is, is something i i struggle a little bit with there is a market but like the return not the not the dollar return but the the time invested return is harder um, I definitely look at trying to give some of that stuff away, right? I give away to, you know, if I find a friend that, you know, has a friend who likes pens and I'll like give them like three pens of mine that, you know, I just know it's not worth me selling a $20 pen, you know, and going through all that whole process, but I can give it away to someone like I'm okay with that, um, which is what Embryo says, you know, resign myself to give away my cheaper pens as gifts. But just to sell the more expensive pens, you know, there's the, the sell trade channel on the pen Addict Slack is good. The pen swap channel on Reddit is good. And the message board on FP geeks are all good places to sell the more expensive pens. And you, you should have pretty good luck. Like I, I, uh, I know what type of pens embryo, uh, uses and I, I have helped assist, uh, <laughs> purchasing decisions in the past he has very good taste in pens so he would not have a problem moving any of the pens he wishes to sell but just don't get don't get hung up on the losing money thing because these you're these are not investment vehicles just like the 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 clickbaity topic um we had last week you know fountain pens are not the future you know fountain pens are also not Mm -hmm. investment pieces 
Yeah, so if you're not using them, try and find ways to get rid of them if you if you don't want to use them anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm I'm happy to discuss this more if uh, anyone wants to 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 reach out and chat about it. All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because. They will let you easily create a website to help you express your next idea, to launch your next business, or even just to share your work. And you can grab all of the things that you're going to need. You're going to want a domain name. They can help you with that. You're going to want to have a beautiful template so your website will look fantastic. They can help you with that. And hey, if you want an online store, they've got all of that functionality built right in. It's like a full package over at Squarespace. You can even set up email campaigns with them now too. So you can set up email stuff and send it out to people that are interested in knowing what you're up to squarespace is an all-in-one platform that will let you put your work online there's nothing to install or patch or upgrade they take care of all of that stuff so you don't have to and if you need any help they have award-winning 24 7 customer support on hand to help you out with stuff there but you know i've also found that they have lots of guides and documentation on their website uh like and they have like a support like pages and stuff and i've always found that really interesting and helpful for things that i've needed to get done um, I've been using Squarespace for over 10 years now. Um, whenever I have something that I want to put online, I've got a new project, I'll put it up there. You know, like I'll, I have another thing I've mentioned this on the show uh, at all, but I have a, a thing that I set up recently called the Podcast Mentorship. Uh, and I have a group of wonderful people that I'm uh, helping mentor as they're trying to get their uh, start in podcasting. And I wanted, I had that idea and I wanted to get it out there. So I set up a Squarespace website and was able to do that. Like I, I didn't want to have any stumbling blocks in kind of getting this project kind of to the world. And that's why one of the main reasons I use Squarespace so I don't have to spend hours and hours and days and days and days setting something up. And it looks fantastic. I love it. I love the orange of that website. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> I saw that template and I was like, yep. yep. <laughs> Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a uh, free trial right now and you can build your entire website under the trial and then when you're ready to launch it to the world you just sign up for one of their plans which you can get 10% off so you get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain when you use the offer code penaddict at checkout the squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict for 10% off your first purchase our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM Squarespace make your next move make your next website Right, before we get into the rest of this Ask TPA, I, I've been scrolling through my own backer history on Kickstarter at the behest of uh, <laughs> the chat. And so the the if we ever don't have a topic, we could take an entire show and pick out some of these projects that I've backed and and do like a revisit on them. It would oh be my God, hilarious. I would love that. All right, we should do that. I mean, so I have stuff much too. There is so much interesting stuff in here that I've completely forgotten about over the years. So I want to say number the first project ever back was uh, Molly Crabapple's Week in Hell. She's an artist that I love, and I supported her locking herself in a hotel room for like thirty days, and then you get a piece of art and drawing like the, on the wall. So that was, and you got a piece of the. She cut out like depending on how much you backed, like she cut out a piece of the wall and and sent it to you when you're done. That's the fun. second project I backed, Mike. What do you think it is? Uh, the uh, pen type B, pen type A, pen type A. It. That's it. Pen type A. What year was that? That was uh, what well, was received in 2016, which means I probably backed it in like 2014, as much as a train wreck that that project was. But yeah, that was my first pen project uh, I ever backed. So there you go. So yeah, that would be a funny. That would be a funny thing to do one of these days. We could go through some of these. Um, that's pretty great. So, oh yeah. So the survey for the pen type A was sent in 2012. So that was a 2011 project. Wow. Oh man, I'm looking through this now, and it's like, yeah, that was a mistake to open that up. That's why I felt like I had to, t- <laughs> to it's talk. Like a, about it's it. like a graveyard of things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's an episode, man. Write that one down. That would be a yep. fun one to go through. That. Yep. I like that. Yep. Maybe right. maybe that's like an anniversary episode. That's a big number episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a question from Michael Canavio who asks: Passing down pens and writing tools to the next generation, anything collectors should be sure to do or not to do, and is this something that the two of you are thinking about? 
it's not anything I've thought about really. I don't because... have a next generation yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something so... to think about. Well, you should be thinking about that now. Uh, you know, who's going to get those pens? You know, one of these days. But no, I, I actually I agree. I don't think about it right now. The only thing I could think about if I was like preparing the next generation, anything fountain pen related has to come with a discussion around maintaining and cleaning, <laughs> right? So that's going to be the biggest roadblock for new users of any type, no matter how how cool, you know, the fancy Mont Blanc is that you're handing down from generation to generation. The minute it starts writing poorly, it's going to get thrown in the desk and forgotten about. And that's not what any of us want. Um, Mike can actually speak to that, right? Like at the big early days of this show, that's kind of one of your pens was a Mont Blanc. And it was just, it no longer wrote because you just didn't know, right? How to maintain those things. And any, yeah, yeah, (laughs) true. Any discussion around those topics has to come with an understanding of, not just how to use, say, a fountain pen, but how to properly maintain it so you can continue to use it and have it, again, to pass down to the next generation after that. So, you know, I, I haven't really considered uh, anything more than that. And, like, teaching my kids, like, to use fountain pens right now has has not gone well, but they like all the other kind of pens. So I'm just letting them go with that for, for the time being. All right, the next question comes from Transgender who asks, do you guys ever mess around with brush pens? I've been on a kick recently and I love the amazing flex writing I can get out of them, varying degrees of delicacy that writing of a brush pen requires. And do you have any recommendations for some refillable, non-disposable brush pens? So I love brush pens from a writing perspective. I've been addressing all the envelopes that I send out to Panatic members when I'm sending like memberships or notebooks with a... Kind of a, f- I like the firmer, finer tips in brush pens because I'm mostly doing writing with my brush pens, but they give the, the style that I write with, it gives them like this extra flair and it has this cool line variation. And I like how my letters come out. So I, I continue to go back to them. Um, so I use the the Zebra disposable pocket brush pen um, is a disposable option that I use. I haven't really dug into the refillable ones because those are really more art based because they have longer finer brush tips to get even more variation yeah, that, that's when you're getting into illustration rather than i can use this to do some fun handwriting with yes so they've never worked for my style but the most popular one the one i've seen a lot the one i've tried and realized that i didn't like it because it didn't work for me it doesn't mean it's not great is the the pentel pocket brush pen is like the go-to artist um non-disposable refillable with cartridge brush pen it's very cool it's very nice it's very inexpensive um you can get some expensive refillable brush pens like platinum makes some that are approach a hundred dollars i know um with you know different brush materials and you know then you're paying for you know the artwork on the barrel and things like that but in general i use super fine firmer brush tips for my handwriting and then when I get into the more artistic style pens I that's where I I get a little bit lost so but those are my recommendations just from talking with other people and seeing what other people use I used to use the Pentel Fude Mm -hmm. touch I think it's called I loved it I used to love that thing. I used to do like basic notes and that. I haven't used one of those in a while but I remember having a bunch of these Pentel ones and really liked them would you believe, as you're talking right now, that is the pen I currently have in my hand? That's cool. Look they that. they did some new colors recently, so I have a gray one that I've been using to do envelopes. Um, it's literally right here in my hand. And this question comes from Adam. Do you notice a difference in ink flow between summer and winter? The viscosity of water, the primary component in all fountain pen inks, varies by 30% between 60 and 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So there could be some plausibility. I get this question a lot. Like you couldn't believe how many times I get this question. And really what I want to know is who is using their fountain pens like at the top of the mountain or in the middle of desert as as much as the emails I get about this question are right seem to suggest (laughs) yeah 
it would ju- like I I get the question. It is a real thing. It is common sense that you're going to have changes in performance the way the liquids are managed in different environments. But 90 plus percent of the time I'm writing in a controlled environment. So it never comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like humidity is going to play a factor into how your ink's going to absorb, absorb into your paper. But if I'm going to work on a park bench on a 95 degree day, I understand that it's probably going to be a problem. Right. So I, I agree that there are changes, environmental changes that will happen and you should be aware of them, but I just think for the the ninety plus percentile use case, it, it's just not something that you have to put into the calculation of what you're using on a day to day basis. Does that make sense? I don't want to dismiss this question mm-hmm. because the difference between summer and winter is nothing inside my house. Well, my house is feeling minimal, very minimal. different heat at the moment but i get your point the the variation is not so much that i expect to see any differences and have noted to see Mm -hmm. any differences Mm -hmm. but i've bet i've gotten three of these in the past couple weeks and i've gotten like images and like i get it like you like humidity is a big factor where i live but if i'm gonna write outside like i understand that i'm probably gonna have some different performance and maybe i'll choose a pencil if i'm gonna go outside right and if i'm worried about the fountain pen ink behaving differently on paper. Like if I go read outside, which I'll do on occasion, I'm always taking a a pencil or a ballpoint because I know I'm not going to enjoy how it is. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's a thing. I just don't know that it's very often a consideration, I guess is the best way to put it. All right, and our last question today comes from friend of the show, a moderator of the Discord, Kate. And Kate is thinking of getting the cement gray Twisby Eco that we mentioned earlier on today, but yeah. wanted an ink recommendation for it. Uh, would you put gray in this or another complementary color? Like, what would you recommend? God, this is a great question because I just profess my love for mm-hmm. this pen, but I haven't pretended in my head to ink it up yet. Oh boy! I so real time prob- follow up from the Relay FM members Discord. Yeah. Kate has the pen. Oh, I would like my very first. If I was going into my ink closet and not telling Kate what to put in their pen, the first ink I'm probably going for is like a dusty purple, like a Robert Oster Purple Soul or an Ackerman Vorhut Violet, as opposed to doing like pure gray, matchy matchy. I'm going like complimentary purple or maybe even pink if I feel like I can nail the shade. Would I I would go mm-hmm. to like the darker magenta side of pink as opposed to the rose side of pink. Um That's good. I don't know why that's good, but that's good. Yeah. Like I I have a crazy I mean People have seen some of the pens that I've made for the pen attic shop and I make gray acrylic pens because I just think they're so unique and that's just an underused material and it's just really sharp looking. So the way uh, Twisby pulled this off in this eco, it's fascinating to me how much I love this pen when I have like the bright orange ones and the bright blue ones, but something about this gray one is really cool. So I'm going with dusty purple or dark pink are my choices. And then I'm going into my standards of orange would be next maybe a blue black but i would probably not i would probably do something before i did blue black in there so dusty purples dark pinks there you go they work. um i would go pink. gray though yeah this one i don't feel gray for this yeah. pen like i just don't and i like gray inks i just don't feel it in this pen i want the reverse if i'm doing the the gray inks are going to go in like my orange pens right that's going to be how i would play that but that's just me if you would like to send in a question for the show, there's two ways you can do it. If you want to use, well, three actually. If you're in the tweet, you can send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA. If you're in the Relay FM members Discord, you can send your question in by uh, using the question mark AskTPA command, and then you can just type out your question, and it will get both get collected up into a spreadsheet that we use, or you can email it if it's even longer than that, or if you don't want to put it into public 
to uh, hello at penaddict.com. Go to penaddict.com and you'll find Brad and uh, Brad's work there along with many other wonderful contributors. Uh, you go to knockco.com, spoke design. No, knock.co, right? Or do you have knockco.com? Yep. Both. Or spokedesign.com and you can yep. check out awesome products there. Uh, Brad streams uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 10 a.m. on Twitch. So you can uh, 10 a.m. Eastern on mm. Twitch. Uh, so you can go and check that out there. I'll mention when we're talking about Twitch, uh, we're doing a, a, a Twitch stream, a Relay FM Twitch stream for our birthday and to talk about some exciting news. Uh, that's going to be next Tuesday, the 18th, mm. at 11.15-ish or 11.30-ish Eastern Time. Uh, twitch.tv slash RelayFM. You should check that out. So we're turning six years old then, Brad. Man, old people. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? And we have something exciting that we're going to share too on that stream, so you want to check that out. And uh, nice. if you want to find show notes for this episode, relay.fm slash penaddict slash 423. Uh, you can find us online. Brad is at Dowdyism on Twitter, Penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And we'll be back next time. Thank you so much to Squarespace and Penchalet for their support. Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.